So yesterday, for the first time in a long time, I wept for our country as I watched some of the images coming out of Charlottesville. Then I began to weep because I realized how much pain is in our country, in our state, and in our city, and even right here in our very own church. There is so much suffering, and I can't get in the mind of someone who is hell-bent on asserting their race as superior to another. I can't get in the mind of people who hate because of another person's skin color, something that none of us have any control over whatsoever. I was raised around uh, lots of white people, predominantly white people in the area where I was raised. I've been welcomed in the homes of Democrats, Republicans, fiscal conservatives, social liberals. I have friends who are all over the spectrum politically. And then I was even called to be a church, the pastor of a church that is predominantly white. And I've heard several of your stories, and a few of you have even told me your struggle with living in and growing in a world that is much different from the one that you grew up in. And I've even heard one of you humbly say to me, I am learning and I am growing and I want to understand and I want to love others who are different from me. And the last time a conversation like this came up, it brought tears to my eyes because that is where we should all be. We should all be trying to learn through our differences, learn through diversity, learn through different cultures, not shutting down doors, and not avoiding other people who are different from us. So I just don't understand hate groups. I scratch my head wondering where do they come from, and I wanted to start my sermon today just by asking a simple question, have they lost their damn mind? <laughs> Why are they here? But let me tell you what I do know. I will not turn a blind eye to this. There's a lot of things that I have said I am not going to preach on, a lot of issues that I've said I'm not going to get involved in, but on this one, I'm not going to turn a blind eye. I am not going to stand for it. And at Cathedral of Hope Houston, we will be a beacon of light, of hope amidst this race struggle. We will pray the scourge and the evil of racism off of this country. And we, we will make a space for difference. We will make a space for love. We will make a space for extravagant welcome. I mean, what other church can you walk in and start off with an African-American song and go into a contemporary song and land on Amazing Grace? No other church is going to give it to you like that. We will make a space for love. We will be a church of hope and reconciliation. 
Our service may be blended and sometimes it may be a little janky and different and it may not be everything that we all want it to be, but it's like that for a reason. Because everybody in here has a different preference about what they want. We will not give in to a spirit of despair and helplessness. It has no place in this church, and it has no place in our lives. We boldly pray and declare the words of Romans 10, 12 that Susan read. Here there is no difference between Jew or Greek. All have the same creator rich in mercy towards those who call on God's name. Everyone who calls on the name of the Most High will be saved. In the life of our church, we are just like these disciples in our gospel text. They were on their way to minister to people who were different from them on the other side of the sea. See, they had just finished feeding the 5,000. You remember that story where God blessed the fish and 5,000? They had just finished working all day feeding the 5,000. And Jesus puts them in the boat and says, we're not done yet. Get in the boat, go across the sea, and go minister to people who are different from you. So Jesus puts them in this boat, sends them across the sea to minister. Their boat is being tortured by the waves. It is tossing back and forth, miles from shore. The safest thing to do is to stay in the boat. Let us remember the last time this happened. Jesus was actually in the boat with them, and he said what? Peace, be still, and the seas were calm. Let us also remember that the last time that the sea stood in the way of God's work, Moses stretched out a staff, and through him God parted the sea. Here, once again, the sea is an obstacle for the disciples. The sea is chaos. The sea is trouble. The sea is turmoil. The sea is also the only way for them to get to the other side where they have to minister. So the best and the safest place to be is in the boat. Eventually, Jesus shows up walking on the water and the disciples get scared. They're like, oh, it must be a ghost. But even then, if it is a ghost, the best and the safest place to be is in the boat. When the disciples seemed to him, they were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus said to them, take heart, it is I. But that's not good enough for Peter. Oh, Peter. Peter wants to bargain with Jesus and says, well, if it is you, tell me to come out here on the water. So Jesus says, okay, crazy, come. <laughs> so Peter leaves the boat. And once he's out there and he realizes the terror that is going on, he begins to sink. And then Peter cries out, save me. And Jesus puts out his hand and says, why did you hesitate? How little faith you had. Now some preachers, and you probably heard a sermon on this text, preach similar to 
this what I'm about to tell you. Some preachers would say, well, the scripture tells us when you take your eyes off of your, off of your problems and turn them to Jesus, you won't sin. Or if you put your eyes on your problems, you're going to sin. That might be true. And there may be some truth in that. But the problem for Peter is that he hesitated in believing when he was back in the boat. Not when he got on the water. He hesitated believing back in the... He didn't have faith when he was back in the boat when Jesus said, It is I. Peter said, No, 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 no. If it's you, call me out on the water. So it wasn't him putting his eyes on the problems and not looking at Jesus. The problem was he didn't have faith and believe that it was Jesus in the first place. That's how he ended up outside of the boat. I just want to say to Peter as I'm reading the text, Peter, stay in the boat. We can't blame Peter. We would have probably have done the same thing. Thinking, oh, this ship is sinking. Maybe I can swim back, or maybe I need to leave the boat, or maybe there's something else that can save me outside of this boat, or maybe God is not with us here in the boat, or maybe we are thinking right now, in this very moment, that Jesus is back there in history somewhere, not available, not present to save us here today. That miracles are oh, foolish, and that Jesus doesn't save anymore. It is easy to get discouraged. It is easy to lose faith and doubt that God is indeed with us. There are accidents that we have no control over. There is disease that we have no control over. There is death and grieving and aging and troubled families and also racism and division all around. And that's what we have to deal with right here, right now, in our lives. You have all of these troubles weighing us down. And as a church, it can feel as though we are in a boat on the sea of chaos and life's trouble is tossing us back and forth. It nearly makes us seasick. But the safest place for us to be is in the boat. The safest place for us to be is with each other. The safest place for us to be is encouraging and loving one another, drying each other's tears, binding up each other's wounds. We must stay in the boat. The writer of the Gospel of Matthew is sending us some hope from across the centuries. It's not really about the boat, my friends. The boat is actually a symbol of the church. And scholars and theologians and people who read the Greek and the history know this. The boat is a symbol of the church. The boat is a symbol of community. The boat is a symbol of love that is being tossed back and forth and beat by the waves and the chaos of the world. And without reading the Greek translation of this story, we don't see that when the disciples were afraid of when Jesus tells him, don't worry, it is me, one translation says, take heart, it is I. 
That pronoun that is in there, I need to get all this to the grammar, but the pronoun that is in there for the I, for the me that Jesus speaks, is actually ego in me. And some of y'all might remember ego in me. It is I am. That is the I and the me that Jesus speaks. So when, when Peter asked, is it you? Jesus said, I am. Some of y'all might remember I am. Remember back when Moses asked God, if the people asked, who sent me to deliver the Israelites, whom should I say sent me? God said, tell them I am that I am. Tell them I am has sent you. It was I am that was with them when the sea was parted. It was I am back in the book of Isaiah that said, when you pass through, I shall be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. It is this same I am that because we can't read the Greek, we don't know that Matthew is pushing this point. It is the same I am that shows up with them on the water. It is the same I am, Emmanuel, God with us, that's back in Isaiah, that shows up to be with them on the water. It is the same I am that is with us today. God with us on the turbulent sea of racism. God with us on the rough seas of division. God with us on the choppy seas of injustice. God with us on the smooth sail of love and peace. God with us in the boat and very present, even as we cry out in the words of that old hymn saying, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, to hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. As we move towards our mission, and we talk about that today, and we begin reaching out to our community, let us take heart in knowing that God is with us. We can weather this storm. And it's, it's so interesting, I was thinking this last night, we, God is asking us to walk and chew bubblegum and pray and have hope all at the same time. Our mission in reaching out to this community and helping people, that is a lot to ask for some of us. Some of us are going through enough already, and yet God is saying, take what little you have. Take all of your struggles and your problems and stretch beyond yourself and reach out to your community and help people. When we weather this storm, there is no need for us to leave the boat. Christ is here. We are here for each other. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat and stir up the spirit of hope over helplessness. Stay in the boat and stir up the spirit of action over apathy. Stay in the boat and stir up the spirit of unity over division. Don't be deceived by the waves that are tossing us back and forth. Our hope is in Emmanuel, 
I am God with us in the boat. So stay. <laughs>